this case, um, Chris Watts, the murder of his pregnant wife and his two daughters is, it was awful doing it. Mm-hmm. And um, in fact, I think I told Elaine, I'm not sure if I want to do it. Did you so, guys watch special morning? Yeah. Yeah. I watched the Netflix thing and different stuff, but I knew the minute I saw him on TV, which we'll get to that he did it because of his body language. But um, I think one reason it was so hard is like, if you look back at the other cases we've done, you know, these are like back in the sixties, back in the seventies, you know, before social media. And so it's like, you can literally go back and see these little girls, um, her, you know, just, and then also what really makes me angry is how she was treated post-death, Shannon. Um, people like were blaming her, calling her a B. I mean, it was awful. And yeah. um, so anyway, I, I think just was seeing all how recent it was and them living their lives online was really difficult. And uh, there's one, we'll, we'll watch it, uh, but just watching Bella sing to her dad was probably, oh, good grief. Are you going over the details of how he killed the girls? Yeah. Yeah, I'll stop that. I don't know. I just know tidbits. Dang it. You got me out of my thing. Okay. So the town, let me pull up um, the website of, uh, it's it's in, <gasps> they call it a statutory town. It's Frederick, Colorado. Mm -hmm. and um they have like a miners memorial museum they have a like little brewery breweries (laughs) and um uh you know just lots of fun stuff it looks cool did you look like your image Uh that was awesome yeah and then anderson farms they have like you know lots of neat food places look at this this is pearl street beautiful uh flat irons Here's the minor museum. So it's it's just one of those like really picturesque family oriented places. And you you would really call it a village. Uh, it's it reminds me of where my friend Cindy used to live in Monument. Uh, it has about uh, 8,700 residents and a little over um, 43% of the households in Frederick have children under under the age of 18. So there's Celestial Seasons Tea Factory. I mean, they got grills, art. I mean, it just looks like a really, really neat place. And uh, it's a small family town, but it's actually close to uh, Denver. So you've got the small family town feel, but also you can go and do some fun things in Denver. And uh, when I first heard of the case, you know, I had no idea where Frederick was. And uh, I may have even been through there or something when me and Cindy would go up to Denver with the kids. We took them to the museum there and stuff. And it was a lot of fun. But again, here we have a small community, even though they live, you know, close to Denver, they're even probably considered part of Denver because there's, you know, hardly space between them. But I, I just thought, again, this shock wave that must have gone through that community. And if you type in, Frederick, Colorado, the Watts come up. So now it's like that town is going to be forever tied to Chris Watts. And uh, so it just, in fact, the main image it brings up when you type in Frederick, Colorado is the 
the Watts home. And the home looks like, I mean, houses, I've seen hundreds of them when I go to visit her. I mean, they, they're, you know, just a typical house. Now, Chris and Shannon, they seem like a typical suburban family with 2.5 kids. You know, they uh, were North Carolina natives, which I didn't know that until I started researching it. They met in 2010 and they were married on November 3rd, uh, 2012. So in December 17th, 2013, little Bella Marie Watts was born. And then a year and a half later, Celeste, they called her Cece Watts, was born on July 17th, which is Ken's birthday, um, in 2015. Uh, Shannon worked from home selling a product called Thrive. I had never heard of it, but it's like a health patch. And you can see it in pictures. She'll have a patch on. I wondered what that was. Uh, it was a multi-level marketing called Lavelle. And then Chris worked at Anadarko Petroleum. And then at the time of the murders, little baby Nico was on the way. It's going to be their first boy. And so here's a family picture. And I mean, look at little. <laughs> looks just like him. So excited. A little CC. And then there's the patch right there. So that was actually pretty close to when they were murdered. Um, there, there they are on their wedding. And then this is, you know, the very famous, uh, family photo that you see everywhere at this point, he's already having an affair, um, he's already planning on killing them. Um, this is another wedding photo. And what I find interesting is he's definitely heavier right. than it was right before he killed him. Yeah. But when you look at these photos, there's no way by looking at him to tell anything was wrong. Mm -mm. No. That's them at Disneyland. Or no, birthday party, sorry. But look at, little Bella would do that a lot. She'd have her hands out like that and she'd grab a finger. I'm not sure why, but. So cute. Okay. So Shannon seemed like a go-getter to me. Uh, she bought her first home when she was 25, which was a big achievement, but she also at the time suffered uh, really bad from fibromyalgia and, and lupus. Oh my oh. So she had both and um, she was in the 80K club with Lavelle. So she was making some good money. She had to be making at least that. And, but by 2015, they had financial difficulties. And uh, so they filed for bankruptcy and they needed relief from $448,000 of debt. Holy that include a house, I guess. You can't file bankruptcy on a house. The house, typically they let you stay. So I don't know if it included the house, but normally when you file for bankruptcy, it does not include the house. They won't Jeez. take your home. They won't take your dwelling from you. Yeah. And uh, then in July of 2018, they were sued by their homeowner association. Um, the house that they lived in cost them 400K. And so when I look at the bankruptcy in 2015, being sued by their homeowners association, buying a house that's worth 400K, that's just a lot of financial pressure for a young family. So once again, we see this pattern, not excuse, but pattern of living beyond their means. That's yeah. very interesting to me. 
Um, now, police won't say and never have, they said, if the financial difficulties were a motive, but I'm sure it probably didn't help them. Yeah. Now, on top of that, she got Shannon, who's a go-getter. I personally believe she was a D personality like me. She was probably a DI actually, where I'm a DC. So she was going to be extra intense, extra, like probably bossy. I mean, these, their sensitivity, things like that are not the best. So Chris, I think was probably the total opposite. I think he was probably a C. He was either a CS or a SC, but I, I really wonder if he was a C dominantly. Um, and so they're typically more introverted, quiet, reserved, analytical, uh, logical. Now it could be wrong too, because stress can definitely, you know, tamper down someone's personality. But like when I look at his clothes, uh, not a lot of bright colors, very reserved, very well put together, um, how he carried himself, how he talked. And then even some of his text messages, I think he definitely had a high level of C. And the reason I bring this up is because of the hate that Shannon got. Because um, D's can definitely appear bossy, pushy, and rude. And the way people really attacked her, I mean, it was visceral. Just their dislike of her was ridiculous. And some even felt sorry for Chris having to live with her. That's sad. Yeah. And and I could see, because there was like one video where she's like, hey, I told you to have those out, you know? And then she goes to the garage, like you have to tell them to do everything. I mean, you could see that their personalities were definitely had times where they didn't mesh so it's like so like a d if she asked her husband hey you know can you do this for me he's like yeah sure and then doesn't do it or it's like weeks later you're still waiting that can be infuriating to a d if well, you're compared to what he did i don't know why hers would be so bad because she's a little bossy right well videos except when he was confessing so and then she would definitely be one where if you made her mad, you would know it. <clears throat> With a CS combo or an SC, if they don't have a lot of that D in them, you won't know. They'll just keep it mm -hmm. pressed down and then they explode. And uh, so that may be some of what happened. And I mean, I could tell you like just hundreds of hours of mentoring clients, whether personal, professional, marriage-wise, especially couples, that financial pressures and personality differences their marriage probably isn't going to last. What I have found is most conflict is not understanding the personality factors, not recognizing what's going on and relating to the other person based on how they communicate and process, not how you do. So they probably didn't know to take the time to figure that out. But usually with multi-level marketing, a lot of those companies will teach you personalities. What I have found is people don't take that knowledge and apply it to their relationships in a way that's actually beneficial. So the C personalities can tend to feel to the other person closed off, distant. They can be very critical and controlling at times. It can be hard to get them to talk about things. They can tend toward perfectionism and they don't handle chaos or sudden change very well. Uh, being wrong and being criticized are their greatest fears. And then a D is straightforward. So they can tend to make a C feel belittled, wrong all of the time and weak without even realizing it. And I think that may have been happening here. 
It does appear though that she's really trying to make it work because like you can look in her Facebook. So like for uh, instance, on, uh, on Facebook, on their anniversary, she had like a slideshow and she wrote this. Seven years ago, I fell in love with you. Five years ago, I married my best friend, my soulmate. I married you. Chrissy's have been the best years of our life. Our love just grows strong every day. We have two beautiful girls that call us mommy and daddy. We sold a house, moved to Colorado five years ago and built a home for our family. You make me a better person. You believe in me. We have dreams and goals together. You understand me. You put up with me. I love you more than words can say. And God placed you in my life at the right time. I couldn't imagine life without you. Happy anniversary. And that was close to him killing her. Jeez. But obviously he didn't think that way. Right. And, but he wouldn't say anything because that's, that typically is the, the way people communicate of his personality. They usually just keep things in and they either self-medicate or they blow up. Now I'm a D. His interviews, he didn't say much when he, neighbor was showing the tape and he was pacing he didn't say he moved but you sure could see something was weird there yeah, which we'll watch. yeah. now as yeah as a d um i just want to let people know that d's can be extremely tender-hearted especially toward family and you can tell by the way she interacted with her her girls she wanted to be home a lot with them she was fiercely protective of them which actually caused a big problem so they can have a tough exterior but they feel things just like everybody else to a degree it really depends on what it is you know, so if it's something with their family or their loved ones and relationships, they can be really impacted uh, and it can hurt them a lot. So I know she was a really good mom and I'm sure she was frustrated at times trying to get Chris to do things for her or with her or come out of his shell. Um, so, you know, like having to ask him to do something more than once was probably very frustrating. I remember in early years of me and Mike's marriage, that was a lot of our fights. <laughs> and so now, um, Shannon did not cause Chris to kill her. No. Uh, so I want to say that, but I just wanted to kind of show the dynamic that I picked up from seeing them interact on video, things like that. And then I also think Chris was a psychopath, which we'll get into uh later and i also believe he was shut down a long time ago long time ago he what he shut down oh mm -hmm. the other thing i found interesting is when you look at the facebook where chris was on there which by the way sees hate being videoed picture taken for Facebook and stuff. They don't like it. If you look at a lot of Caesar on Facebook, they don't even have a profile picture. And if they do, it's like their pet, you know, so they're just extremely private. So I can't imagine how he felt when he came home and the phone was going for her to tell him they were expecting a baby. Like he, he, he acted pretty well, yes. but I bet what? he hated that. Why do you think he, he uh, shut down a long time before? Because his behavior before he murdered, um, he was already acting weird. And then from some of her text messages, you can tell he was already out. Uh, he would try to play the part, but she could tell something was wrong. It was a fair. 
Yeah. But even before that, like he started training and losing weight before he met that girl. Huh? How old was he? Mm, I think they were in their thirties. Yeah. So it was probably just years of her making him feel a certain way that caused him to start shutting down. Um, not to say that's why I murdered her, but you know what I mean? Like it was, a, again, a perfect storm was brewing and, but you know, you have other people in marriages where they don't kill their entire family, uh, just because they have a wife maybe that doesn't know how to interact in a way that's good. Right. So, um, she did suspect that he was having an affair because he didn't want sex anymore. Uh, he was distant. There were hours where she couldn't get a hold of him. Or he wouldn't reply to her texts. And then when, you know, she revealed on Facebook that uh, she was pregnant, people were like, oh, he's very excited. But I don't think so. Let me show you the video. I, I see something different. Maybe I'm wrong, but let me pull up this link and let's watch it. And you guys tell me what you think. I like that shirt. Hello. Hello. That's awesome. However, if he is a C, means that's just the test. I know. They just said the pink is going to be girls. That's awesome. Guess, guess, guess when you want to, it happens. Okay, what do y'all think? Well, C, being that he's the C, first of all, he was kind of acting, but not mm-hmm. because he was a psychopath, in my opinion, but because he's a C personality, it's difficult to show the emotion you're supposed to. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, I can't. That video doesn't show me he's a psychopath. Um, he's definitely a C, but just the way he stopped. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, he has to adjust to being on video again. And then just that phrase where he said, I guess when you want it, it happens. Yeah. I, it was like, okay. And then he goes, wow. Okay, so like when I told Mike I was pregnant, he in his C way was very excited. And I knew he was excited. You know, he's like smiling ear to ear. And and our situation wasn't the best. I mean, we weren't married yet. You know, we're young kids. How are we going to take care of a baby? Um, I was still adjusting to the idea. He was super excited. And uh, so it's just kind of, he was definitely muted, which is a typical C but it just, I don't know. I, it just felt off to me, even for a C, but I couldn't gauge it for sure. Towards the end, I thought he was sort of forcing his reaction towards the end of the video. Not well, to me, he wants to be videoed like that. You, you know, the whole world knows. Right. You do something private. Right. But for her being the DI or ID that she was, oh no, she's going to live it all on social media. So, we can't really gauge, is he, is he excited and he's just, ner- you know, like he's not wanting to be on camera and all of that, or does he not want another baby? 
And then he looks at the test and it's almost like, I was like, why are you looking at the test? Are you just trying to have something to say? So you're examining the test? Right. And then she corrected him on like. Well, it's weird. Talking. Like he thought pink meant girls. I'm like, where have you been? You know, pink doesn't. That was sort of a little dig at him, I think. Yeah. Obviously he knew that it's not going to tell it was a girl. I don't know if he knew. It's sort of, most men, I mean, they had two kids know what a pregnancy test is. So he sort of humiliated them a little bit. I could see where people be angry with it, with her the way she was, but not to the Well, she just said it's the, the test. We don't yeah. know yet. It's the test. I didn't feel like she's getting on to him or making him feel bad. I just think he looks stupid not being able to read a pregnancy test. But just the fact that he was looking at the test, it was just weird. But it could be weird because he's on camera and he doesn't know what to do with himself. Okay. Right. So now at this time, when he finds out she's pregnant, he's already seeing another woman. Hey, real quick. Had they already filed bankruptcy at that point? Mm -hmm. Oh. Yeah. So they've already gone through that. He's already met this lady at work. And I just didn't feel like he was genuinely excited. However, I have a very strong C in Kent. And the most excitement I see Kent have is a smile. Yes. Yeah. So... All right, now they're expecting this other child. Shannon doesn't know that he's already having an affair. Um, and she also didn't get along with her in-laws. And that sounds like a really weird dynamic here. It sounds like they spoiled Chris rotten. Was she suspecting the affair before she got pregnant? That was a question that just popped in my head. And I was trying to remember for my research. Oh, wow. uh, I'm not positive. If it if I thought that, it's probably in my notes. Because she may have thought that would help. Which happens a lot. Like yeah. a lot of people think that, yeah. Yeah. FYI, it does not. Yeah. It does not. Yeah. Never. So his parents didn't attend the wedding either. Just really? like DeFeo. Yeah. And they felt that she was taking him away from them. Oh. Yeah. Was he the only child? Mm-mm. Hmm. Nope. taken away from him i have no idea However, if she had a really strong d personality that could have been a real concern to them maybe they just sound like they spoiled him and they were too involved just from what i researched um it's just kind of an interesting take on your son getting married like i didn't think of christy taking kent away i thought of uh, I was getting a daughter in love, you know. She's a sweetheart and totally yeah. different yeah. personality. I mean, that's true. If she, if she was very yeah. strong, aggressive, and come and off that, like a jerk. Yeah, if someone acted like that to one of you or the grandchildren, I'd think, boy, that's a jerk. You run as fast as you can. Yeah, that's true. So on June 27th, 2018, Shanann takes her girls to North Carolina for a five-week vacation. And Chris stayed home at work. And it was around this time that Chris and a co-worker named Nicole Kessinger had seriously started dating now. They had already been kind of forming something here. Now they're actually dating. Uh, he had put his contact info into her phone on June 17th and by June or 14th by June 17th he told her that he was married with kids but they were in the process of separating 
and they weren't. So then she leaves for five weeks. Mm -hmm. She left for five weeks? Not a good idea, FYI. No. Five weeks, five days. Weeks. Weeks. Why'd she leave five weeks? Vacation. A vacation. They had to have separated or something. Nobody goes on vacation. They were not separated. She went on vacation to visit her family for five weeks with the grandkids. And then he had to stay there and work. And so during that initial time, uh, the relationship between him and this Nicole lady really intensified. On June 19th, Shannon posted her first ultrasound of the new baby on Facebook and added that her husband was the best dad us girls could ask for. And she also posted a loving tribute to her husband on Facebook for Father's Day saying, Chris, we are so incredibly blessed to have you. You are the reason I was brave enough to agree to number three. It just seems odd. Back to the five weeks. You're pregnant. You're suspicious of your husband. I don't know if she was yet. I thought you said she was suspicious before she got pregnant. I don't know yet. You asked me if I if you think right. she was, and I wasn't sure yet. And I said it'd be in my notes if I did think so. So, but you know, whenever okay, let's say she agreed and it was something he wanted. So his comment about um if you want something, you get it. That could have been to himself. It could until we read text later. Oh, so it sounds like there was a miscommunication, actually. And I don't, I don't know if he and her talked about it and he never really said how he truly felt and he was just agreeing with her and she was the one that wanted it or if he brought it up and she wasn't sure. I'm not sure, but there was an obvious disconnect based on text messages later. Hmm. So while on vacation... Um, July 4th, Kessinger goes to the Watts house for the first time to set up his diet and weight loss exercise goals, she told the police. She said that they had lunch, they ate, and she left. But according to Watts, he woke up to several missed calls from his wife on the morning of July 4th because he was at Kessinger's home. Wow. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's like, okay, are you lying? Anyway. Um, there's just a lot of that stuff going on. So let me share my screen. And this is, uh, where they went to, um, on July 14th, they go to a date to a car museum museum. And that night, Shannon made four calls to her husband and all went unanswered. Uh, this is a semi nude photo that Kessinger sent Chris. Uh, of herself, which he stored on a secret calculator app on his phone. How do you do that on a calculator app? It's probably meant to hide stuff. And then Chris and Kessinger visited the Great Sand Dunes National Park and spent the night at a nearby campground. Uh, July 30th, he sent uh, gave her a love letter before he left town to join his family on their summer vacation for a week. A kiss, a touch, a smile, a squeeze, a look, a laugh, a tickle, a tease. Um, And then on the inside, he has lyrics to a song called Down to Earth by the band Through the Roots. Uh, So you can see that they're definitely um, escalating. Here's a picture of him and her. And this is August 4th. While Chris was gone, 
Kessinger started looking for wedding dresses on the internet. Oh my. Wow. Yeah. And there's more here of these text messages we'll get to. Um, this is on August 11th. Chris hired a babysitter when Shanann was gone. Um, he told her that he went to a Colorado Rockies game with his coworkers, but he actually took Kessinger on a date to a sports uh, bar in Erie, Colorado. So, um, oh, and then he sent this picture to her, if I'm not mistaken. So at this point, he had already been working on his fitness goals because you can tell like right here, even here, you know, he's definitely worked on losing some weight, um, different things like that. But this is you know, he was really intensifying his training here. And it sounds like his girlfriend was also a fitness buff. And so they were, you know, they kind of had this common ground of being fit and stuff. And so uh, it sounds like she was helping him with his weight loss goals. Uh, later, he told investigators that he was drawn to Kessinger because she made him feel that she was pursuing him instead of him having... To pursue her. Mm -hmm. So that's sort of him, right? His personality. Yeah. And so you can tell that by this time, him and Shanann, their marriage is not good. You know, and that happens a lot when you have young children, you've got the financial problems they had. It just kind of sucks the life out of marriage. And uh, so maybe he didn't feel like he's being pursued by his wife, which a D is very independent. And if a D doesn't learn to make the other person feel pursued and important and needed, that can definitely happen. So um, as time went on, Chris was getting more and more bold about his relationship with her. Like he wasn't hiding it like he was before as much. So on July 30th, Chris gave uh, Kessinger a love letter before he left. Uh, but things weren't great, and it appears that Shannon had a confrontation with Chris's parents uh, because his mom gave a little CC nuts, and she's allergic to them. Oh, gosh. And oh. so because of their fight, they decide not to go to Celeste's birthday party. And uh, let me pull up these messages that um, they had. Let me see if I can find it. Um Okay, so this is some of the things she sends uh, him a long text message about the fight. Um, so you can believe I created this dagger, but I didn't do that. I stood up for our kids. I advocated and protected our children. I don't ever want to hear, I'm sorry I killed your kid because I was stupid. That would kill me. These kids are my word world, and I have to protect them from the evil of the world. I shouldn't have to protect them from the evil family. Our kids deserve the same love and attention that other kids get, nothing less. I'm not accepting I'm sorry from your mom because she doesn't mean it and she knew what she was doing. I made it very clear not to eat around Celeste because she doesn't understand uh, way before that happened. She's evil and willing to risk your daughter's life just to get under my skin. You wow. and your dad are no different. If you're okay with their behavior, there's nothing wrong with me. I'm not crazy. I love my kids way too much. And then listen to this from the day I left, you never said I missed you before I said it. Something changed when I left. You may be happier alone and that's fine. You can be alone. 
This pregnancy, you have failed to acknowledge it or to acknowledge how I'm feeling. The first trimester is the scariest, the most dangerous. We can lose this baby at any point till delivery. I'm not going to be treated this way for having the balls to protect our family and kids. I should get a cold ducking. I think she meant to say the other word metal for handling it the way I did because I had a lot of choice words to say to her, blah, blah. And so later um, she contacted her friend and shared some text messages with him. Obviously overly dramatic. Right. Um, but I doubt also, the mother did that on purpose. I don't know. I don't know. However, if she, you don't believe it, right? He's got a nut allergy. Sorry, go ahead. Right. But she also brought out other things that were bothering her, mm-hmm. and so one of the um, most important things for a D is to feel significant to people. If they're forgotten, if someone or something else is chosen over them. That really gets in there. And so I think he's already detached himself. She already knows there's something going on. She's suspecting an affair while she's been gone. I don't know if she suspected it before, but now it's like, I'm not important to you. And if you take their side, you're just as evil as they are. Mm -hmm. So for a D, her husband should defend her and the children. That's how she sees it. And I agree. But I also see how she's being overly dramatic. Well, defend her to, to a degree. I mean, if he doesn't feel she's right at what she's saying, I, and wouldn't, the mom, I wouldn't defend her. That and, is his mom. You know, so he knows her better than his wife. And so if he truly believes his mom didn't mean to, yeah. you know, it could have been something as simple as she grabbed some nuts and Celeste yeah. wanted them and either she forgot or maybe she thought Shannon was being dramatic and she didn't have an allergy. Right, right. So it was bad. And from that point on, Chris referred to the incident as Nutgate. Oh, <laughs> Nutgate. That's, that's So the picture I'm getting is that Chris didn't take up for his wife or kids. I do think his parents had spoiled him rotten, but I don't think he handled confrontation well at all. And so he also blamed Shannon for creating a wedge between him and his parents early on. So Thank that's you. probably why they thought he was, she was taking him away from them. So right. there, was, there was definitely some stuff. And, but I can tell you also as a D, if I had a mother-in-law that kept giving my kids something that he was allergic to, it would be on. I could handle one time, yeah, maybe even twice. You do it again and we're going to have a fight. The yeah. one time I got in a fight with my mother-in-law was something to do with Kent. Right. So I can see that side too. So anyway, um, you know, Shannon's obviously sensing he's not missing her. So he shows up, right? So he gives a love letter to his girlfriend. He shows up to the family vacay. And the first night she's hoping they could be intimate. Well, he decided to do push-ups instead. Oh, so he's all up. Surely she knows by then something. Oh, she can tell. Yeah. So things are escalating quickly. By August 7th, Chris let her know he didn't want the other baby. By when? August 7th. Yep. So he was cold during the ultrasound appointment. She even grabbed his hand, but he didn't grab it back. Things were so bad, she canceled the gender reveal party. 
So all of this was very confusing to her. Um, things seemed to be turning around and he was playing the part and they were so intimate. She thought they were in love when she left, but now things aren't good and she can tell they're not good and she's confused. So what Shannon didn't know is all this time, Chris had been dating this girl. You might've been in love with her. Yep. Mm -hmm. So things were bad. And in fact, um, she texted her friend and uh, about how, when he got there, how he was acting. And he, she said, did he say that he loves you? No. He asked me if the kids could see his parents. And I said, no, I'm standing my ground. They haven't made contact in four weeks. No show to her party, nothing. And then her friend said, it's shocking that he hasn't said a word to you about what you said to them. I'm sorry. And then she's like, well, he just needs to open up. So then later on August 7th, Shannon told her friend, Chris told me last night he's scared to death about this third baby and he's happy with just Bella and Celeste and doesn't want another baby. So the friend said he's just scared. Everything will be fine. Or she said fine, but I think fine once the baby comes. She said he has changed. I don't know who he is. What do you mean? He hasn't touched me all week, kissed me, talked to me, except for when I'm trying to figure out what is wrong. And so her friend's like, what? That doesn't sound like Chris. Did he go to the appointment? Yes, cold. Addie, I have no idea what happened. Go through his phone, make sure there's not some bee I have to kill. This is total left field. Why no to counseling totally is out of left field. He said he's not sitting on no damn couch saying what he just said to me to no stranger. Oh, Jesus is what her friend said. So um, then, you know, talks about he rejected sex the night we arrived here. I mean, she's definitely seeing something is, is up. Okay. So um, Shannon had prepared a speech for Chris that she was going to give him when she got home from another trip. So they had gotten home at this point from the vacation and she had to go on a business trip, probably with Thrive. And uh, she was going to get home August 13th and read him this letter, okay? And she was determined to get to the bottom of things. And she was going to hopefully save her marriage. But she was probably at the point where if we don't get this settled, I'm out of here. There's only so much a person can take. Yeah. She had no idea that Chris had planned on killing his family hours before. So... At first, he said it was a spontaneous act of rage after they got into an argument. I think it's BS, and we'll get into that. But the neighbor's surveillance camera shows that Shannon arrived at home August 13th at 1.48 a.m. Chris said that he was sleeping when she came home and that he initiated sex, and then they went to bed. He states that they got into an argument later that morning when he got up for work. Uh, he said his wife accused him of cheating and he snapped, strangling her to death. He then said that the noise woke up Bella and she came into the room and saw mommy dead. She asked what was wrong. She then watched Chris wrap his dead body's wife in a sheet and drag it to the truck. And the neighbor surveillance camera shows Watts loading his work truck up and leading at 527 a.m. At 5 or at 1227 p.m., the Watts realtor texts the couple about selling their home. So it looks like they were, they were going to sell it. And it makes me wonder 
um, this was a letter she was preparing to uh, talk with uh, Chris, but it makes me wonder why were they selling the home? Was it financial problems again? So this is Chris's truck over here in the top left from the neighbor. Uh, and you can see him loading it up. And the neighbor said he never, he thought it was weird because he never went there. Right. And I'm okay. Here's a realtor. So this is a realtor. And she says, is Shannon okay? She hasn't weighed in all day. <laughs> so Chris said she hasn't been around all day. It's very odd. And she said, well, that's really weird. You must be worried. Have you checked with her friends or called or reported her missing? He said, I've done it all. Police are handling it now. Um, very nonchalant. Yeah. Send prayers, please. And then she says, OMG, I'm sorry. Lots of prayers. Okay, so by 1.40, her friend Nicole reports her missing, not Chris, right. her friend, because she can't get a hold of her. So she goes to their home, her car's in the garage, but no one answers the door. So Chris said that his wife said Shanann was going to take the girls to a friend's house, but he didn't say which friend. Whatever. I know, I, I never say, hey, I'm going to a friend's house. I no. always say who I'm going to. Right. Everybody does, I think. Mm -hmm. And so when they looked at surveillance, it was apparent that she didn't go anywhere. So I want you to watch this video. We're not going to watch the whole thing. But. Okay. Let me start the screen share. This is the checkers game where grandson and granddad. Oh, good grief. I always forget to skip the ad. Okay, so they're going into the neighbor's house. This is the body cam footage. He's texting the whole time. What's that? It's nervous though. Starts pacing and looking around. And the cops there. And he won't look. He's getting nervous when he sees that. Is this on continually recording? It's not. Is it motion? So just, just real quick, I bet he was freaking out. Yeah. He probably forgot about the surveillance. Right. He was. He's not, he just. Now he's looking. Oh boy. Wonder who he was texting. I was wondering if the girlfriend. See, look how nervous he look is. Look at him, look at him. He's freaking out. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder who he was texting. So they just keep watching him loading up the truck. So he's basically loading up his dead wife. Look how nervous he is. <gasps> he's looking at the cop like um, licking his lips.
his friend was more engaged in the yeah. video than he was. Look, he's loading something. <laughs> Even with that tree there? Mm-hmm. I didn't hear that. So he he definitely looks nervous. Right. So he's like, I pick up everything that goes by. Oh my gosh, did you see that baby in the time thing? Yeah. Look how nervous he is. And his face looks pale. He definitely looks nervous. Okay, so watch this. So the cop is going to send him out. Right. And then the neighbor's funny. Yeah. He's still just like standing around. And then he's like, he's even sweating. Yeah. Okay, now watch this. Just want to go talk to him. I'm gonna get his info real quick. He's telling me he's acting weird. Yeah. But I think the cop knew because he sent him out and talked to him. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then later he told him, he said he never loads up his truck before he goes to work, ever. So that that neighbor's like, uh-uh. Yeah. He's too fidgety. Things are weird. You know, something's going on here. Okay. He wasn't acting normal. Um, Chris is never fidgety. So the next day he was interviewed on um, uh, Denver uh, station number seven. And what do you think about this? I Dang it. Okay. So I want to. Right now is hopefully they can pick something up to where it's complete or something. As she, like she came home from the airport 2 a.m. and I left around 5.15. She's still here. And like about 12 10 in that afternoon, a friend Nicole showed up at the door. Like I had texted Shanann a few times that day, called her, say, you know, but she never got back to me. But she was getting back to any of her people as well. And that's what really concerned a lot of people is like she's not getting back to her. But like, I mean, she wasn't, she wasn't here, the kids weren't here. Nope, nobody was here. Shanann, I saved Jan and Bella and Celeste. Now, did you see that face? 
mm-hmm. where he had the slow eye closed. That that to me is a stress marker. I mean, right now, I don't even want to just, like, throw anything out there. Like, I hope that she's somewhere safe right now and with the kids. But, I mean, could she have been, could she have just taken off? I don't know. But if somebody has her and they're not safe, like, I want them back now. Like, that, that that's what's in my, like, if they're safe right now, they're going to come back. But if they're not safe right now, that's what, that's the not knowing part. Like, if they're not safe, zero cent. Yeah. Every light in the house on. I was hoping that I would just get just ran over by the kids running in the door, just like barrel rushing me, but it didn't happen. And it was just a traumatic night trying to be here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's like, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I was <laughs> tearing me apart last night. And I, okay, did y'all see that, guys? When he almost laughed? Yes. So he's stumbling over his words, and that's a sign. So he wasn't stumbling at all. Then they start asking him questions, and he starts stumbling, and then he smiled. Yeah, and then tried to cover it. Right. I needed that last night. And for nobody to be here last night and to go into their rooms and not know that I wasn't going to turn the rain machines on, I know that I wasn't gonna turn the monitor on. No, I wasn't gonna kiss him to bed tonight. It was, it, it was, I, I, that's why last night it was horrible. I couldn't do it. Do you see, he's still freaking smiling, man. And on top of that, it's all about him. I, I, I. Right. And he, he only mentioned other people were concerned when he was saying that she didn't answer. He didn't say he was. Right said she didn't respond and other people were concerned and worried and then the t-shirt a lot of people so they don't laugh or anything or cry they put their lip in yep and he, it's, 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 there's a lot going on around here, and I drive around, you will know what to look for. Right now, this is what they're doing right now is with the canine sense. I think this is the biggest thing. This is the biggest thing they've done so far because yesterday they did all. Did all the searching of the house and try to gather it being positive. What did um, your neighbors did they see anything? <laughs> no, like we've, we've uh, I'm trying to find a certain section where it talks about a shirt. Here it is Shannon, Bella, Celeste. If you're out there, just, just, just come back. Like, if somebody has her, just please bring her back. I need to see everybody. I need to see everybody again. This house is not complete with without anybody here. And then he's pursing his lips. Okay. The house isn't the same. Right. I not need everybody back. 
But hold on. So right after that interview, he comments on his t-shirt and his whole demeanor changed. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the lip pursing, licking lips, uh, usually when people purse their lips or holding back stuff, him licking them is definitely, he's stressed. The closed body language, he's like hugging himself, definitely protected, but the laughing. And then he's like, I really need them back. The house isn't the same. I really need you. If you're out to come back, I mean, you're shaking your head. No, he doesn't want them back. So that interview is what got detectives on him. They They were a little anywhere, I think. Well, not quite. Um, But once they saw that, they knew for sure. And I remember when I saw it real time, you know, on TV, when he laughed, I told Mike, he did it. How much you want to bet in a few days, they're going to break them down. And he did it. So after that interview, they wanted to talk to Chris on August 15th. He was interviewed. He denied having anything to do with his family's disappearance. He agreed to a lie detector test and failed. The police also found out that he had a mistress. So they decided, and I'm not quite sure what got them on this but they decided to do a search of the oil and gas site where they believe the bodies were located at 4 15 p.m they of his phone where his phone was probably i think it was where his phone had last man or something that makes sense they spot a bed sheet matching the pillowcases in the top sheet recovered from a kitchen trash can in the Watts home earlier that day. And they also see what appears to be like a grave site near the oil tanks. He's caught, Um, he knows that he's caught. And this is where his evilness goes even deeper. Uh, Now he confesses to his dad and I was gonna show the video, but we're running out of time. So his, um, his dad comes in, he wants to talk to his dad. So the police kept, you know, we know you did it. We know you did it. He's like, can I talk to my dad first? So his dad comes in and this is where I just get furious. He blames his dead wife, man. Yeah. He's, you know, that he looked on the monitor and he saw his wife killing their babies and he got so angry they killed her. Well, some people when stuff when they do bad things like that, it's embarrassing to them, so they have to blame someone else because their family's going to know all these people they love and know and think of them. That's embarrassing. That'd be very embarrassing. It was yeah. probably embarrassed. Well, I mean, trying trying to get out of it. Yeah, trying to get out of it. Period. Yeah, yeah, and this is a friend that called the police, but yeah, that he's just. Yeah, his dad knew. He's just a. Ugh. Um, so this is where, this is the, where they found the grave of Shanann. And then the two girls were found in the tanks. And, uh, so here's, uh, you know, he was charged with murder because he confessed. All they needed was him to say that he killed Shanann. Then they were going to break him down for the rest. They didn't care what story he had. So they charged him on August 15th at 1130 for suspicion of murdering his family. On August 16th, they found Shanann's body in a shallow grave and the two girls in the tanks. On November 6th, 2018, 
Chris Watts pled guilty to all the counts against him to avoid the death penalty. So they, you know, they were going to kill him. So he confessed to killing all three and that Shanann had not killed her own daughters. And he was sentenced on November 19th, 2018 to three consecutive life sentences. The only time he cried, guys, was when it affected him. Right. So this, I, I wanted to show you this picture. Look at the dad, the pain on his face. This, that right there is just heartbreaking. And um, when I saw that, I mean, you can't fake that. His dad, her dad was just beside himself. I mean, did he his lost parents, his entire family. Did his parents go? Yeah, they knew. And no, uh, did they go to the trial? I'm not sure if they were there. Um, I think the trial that he had. Uh, he pled guilty, so there's no trial. No, what kind of childhood? Did oh, he have? I don't know. I couldn't find out much about that, nor could I find out much about his parents. Now, after he got sentenced on February 18th, 2019, he spoke to three investigators at the federal prison and he told them how he did it. So I'm going to try to piece it together and we'll end this episode. Yeah. So, well, you have to hear because you made me research it. Me? Yeah, I told you I didn't want to do it and you thought we needed to. (laughs) So remember that. Yes, I told you I did not want to do this. And you're like, no, I think it needs to be done. It was in a text message. And I'm like, and I just heard I need really bad. That was the only reason I did it. Okay, so. Chris said that he strangled Shannon when he became enraged after they argued when he told her that he wanted out of the marriage. So more than likely, she came home to confront him, to go through her letter. He said that this happened in the morning when he got up for work, but I don't buy it. I think it was at night, but the exact date of death was undetermined undetermined because of the condition of the bodies. But the forensic pathologist that conducted the autopsy said that Shannon died shortly after midnight So it was not long after she got home. It was not close to when he went to work. I think she, I personally think she came home and they either got in an argument and he strangled her or they had sex and then he strangled her. It could be either way. We learned from letters that he wrote from prison that he knew he was going to kill them all hours before he did. Uh, Later reports said that he had planned it for weeks. Wow. So did he have sex one last time to keep her from being suspicious or like one last hoorah? I have wow. no idea, but we know that Shannon was very suspicious. He had oh, to, else. Um, uh, to disarm her. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Make think everything was okay. Yeah. He then um, strangled her and it takes about two to four minutes. So I'm not sure what horror she felt as she stared at him. Right. Um, Bella was asphyxiated by smothering. The coroner found, found blunt force trauma on her jaw and lacerations and contusions in her mouth. Teeth impressions and superficial bite marks were found on the surface of Bella's tongue, meaning that she fought for her life. They also found what's called tardu spots on her head, which are ruptured capillaries found on victims of asphyxi- asphyxiation. Cece was uh, probably smothered as well. She didn't have any struggle or spots. Letters written by him also revealed that he smothered his daughters twice. He said that on the morning of August 13th, he went to Bella's room and then Cece's and used a pillow to kill them. He then returned to bed with Shannon 
And that's when they started arguing. What? I thought that was interesting. He said he killed the girls first. Oh no, because she'd be around him wherever he went, the wife. He, I think he killed the wife first. He said he he said out of his own mouth. Hold he on. The daughters first. Hold on just a second. But he said that he killed her after he woke up from for work, right? Yeah, but she died a little after midnight. Her personality, though, I don't see why that he could kill those kids first without her, her on his trail. I don't know if she would be, he may have just said he's going to tell the girls goodnight. So any, but this is what he said. So I'm just reading what he said, that he killed Bella first, then he killed Cece. He returned to bed with Shannon and they started arguing. So he strangled her, but Bella and Cece woke up. He said he killed them twice. He thought they were dead and they weren't dead. Oh. Bella's eyes were bruised. And both girls looked like they had been uh, through trauma. Those were his words. Watts wrote, all the weeks of me thinking about killing her and now his face with it, he gave disturbing details about the last moments of his wife while he strangled her. He said that she started to get drowsy and I somehow knew how to squeeze the jugular veins until I cut off the blood flow to her brain and she passed out. I knew if I took my hands off her, she would keep me from Nikki. They asked me why she couldn't fight back. It's because she couldn't fight back. Her eyes filled with blood as she looked at me and she died. I knew she was gone when she relieved herself. Ugh. Watts was surprised when his daughters walked into the room while he was wrapping her body because he thought they were dead. Oh my goodness. He then put her body in his truck, which was captured on the na uh, neighbor's surveillance camera. He wrote, the girls were just kind of running around the house and watching me with scared looks on their faces. Bella started to cry. And when she did, Celeste started whimpering. What a nightmare this was. I realize now the girls getting up and walking around may have been God's third attempt to stop what I was doing. He took his daughters alive with him to the oil field while Shanann's body was laid or was in the back of the truck. Ugh, just makes me nauseous. I dumped Shanann on the ground and now walked back to the truck and with the blanket that Celeste was holding, I pulled it over her head and smothered her. In front of her sister. He then dumped his younger daughter's body into one of the oil tankers. While he, uh, all the while, he made his elder daughter watch him kill his sister or her sister. I couldn't believe how easily it was to just let her drop through the hole and let her go. go. I heard her splash as she hit the oil. He came back for his elder daughter and was surprised when she tried to fight back. Little quiet Bella had a will to live. Out of all of the three, Bella is the only one that put out a fight. I will hear her soft little voice for the rest of my life saying, Daddy, no. She knew what I was doing to her. She may not have understood death, but she knew I was killing her. She even asked me, is the same thing going to happen to me that happened to Cece? During the interview, the police showed him several family pictures, no emotional response, no tears when he talked about how he killed the girls. The only time there were tears was when they were talking about what was going to happen to him. And right after he explained how he stuffed his daughters into the oil tank, he was offered lunch. And without batting an eye, he said that he'd like some pizza. Well, he didn't, the police said he didn't just drop them in the holes. He too big he had to force her and move her body and there was damage on her body because she wouldn't fit through the hole she he forced them in there 
What a douche. He should have been, he should have been killed. Death penalty for sure. So this is a video that little Bella, where she called her daddy a hero. New, new video of one of the daughters calling her dad her hero. My daddy is a hero. He helps me grow up strong. Sinan Watts Facebook that just days before she was killed. She shared this photo of her husband, Chris, with a proud dad shirt on. Investigators found the two girls' bodies in an oil well not far from where their mom's body was found. Chris Watts is suspected in their deaths, and prosecutors expect to charge him in the coming days. So I posted the full video on um, our Instagram. This is him uh, right before he pled guilty in prison. And uh, his girlfriend gave um, an interview. This picture right here is he's crying about what's about to happen to him. And then this is him in February 18, 2019, when he told the entire story of how he killed his wife and uh, daughters. I wonder what his girlfriend thought about all that. If she knew anything was off. It doesn't sound like she had any idea. And uh, I just, you know, when people like, they're like, well, you know, they feel sorry for him because he was married to Shannon. That infuriates me because he, he his daughters could have let, uh, lived. And yet he killed them twice. Yeah, he made that choice twice. Right. People are ignorant. Yeah. So as far as the type of annihilator he is, I'm not sure. He wasn't religious. Um, what he, were the four again? The uh, self-righteous, the anomic, where they're socially awkward, which he may have had a little bit of that being a C, but not much, it doesn't sound like. Um, the other one's disappointed. Now, that might fit because, you know, he gets married, they have to fight bankruptcy, you know, all that stuff, but... The fact that he orders a pizza after confessing to killing his family, the fact that he only cries when it's about him, the fact that he was willing to throw his dead wife under the bus, it's all about him. And I think he was a narcissistic psychopath and uh, shame on him, shame on him. And the way you know, daddy know, how can you keep doing that? You know, I just... Anyway, I, I don't, I, he, he's just evil and hopefully he, you know. He might've been thinking his parents were right too. She's just that way. And he started hating her more and more and more. Cause I'm sure he talked to his parents about it. Yeah. But there's other people that hate their wives. And they don't kill them. Right. So right. he definitely fits into the pattern of wanting to erase his past. And if he went in there to kill his daughters first, that's exactly what he was doing because he could have killed the mom and they would have never known. Right. So he definitely was a family annihilator in the classic sense. It just is so unbelievable. Do you believe him that he did that first though? Mm -hmm. I just don't find it hard to believe that she would not be on his every step all over that house. Well, when you're going through something emotional. My thought, even though the coroner said sometime after 12, why would he say that he, he killed her 
after he got up from work. So my thought is maybe they had one last thing. She could have slept. He could have went and killed the kids, went back to bed because he said he went back to bed. That's true. That's true. That's true. Um, We know that he had already decided to kill them when they got there. So she may have been tired from her trip. They may have had an argument and she fell asleep. And then he went and killed the daughters and then went and killed her. I think, I think he definitely strangled them first. Cause they, that, that came out way after where the police are like, wow, this guy's not only a sicko, he's a double sicko. And especially when he said, I think maybe God was trying to give me a second chance to not kill him. It's still about him. Right. And the fact that he laughed when he was talking about them, you know what I mean? So anyway, I don't feel sorry for him at all, but no. that one, whew, I'm glad that one's over. Cause when I was watching all this stuff and I was researching, especially how, you know, they died, it was, I was crying. I was nauseous. I had nightmares. It was not a fun one to do. That's for sure. He'll never get out. They should have given the death penalty. They could have proved the case, found the bodies. No way. Well, I know Elena has to go, but if y'all want to look, I think the parents were interviewed later. I never watched it because strangely, I'm just irritated with them. Oh, his parents? I don't know why. I just am like, and it may be that fallacy that they're, they contributed to this somehow, which is not real. It's not true, but I still don't even want to see them. Outline of a Murder is a Mr. Joseph production. What do you think, Joseph? Ah!